As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Greetings and welcome back to One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 football podcast. I'm Jason Kersey, joined as always by my good friend Max Olson. Max, uh, we got a lot to talk hey, about buddy. this week. We've got the playoff rankings, we've got Bedlam, we've got a crazy conference that could end in a million different weird scenarios. This is going to be a fun one. How you doing, Max? I, I just want to talk about Thanksgiving, if that's okay with We're you. We're going to get to that. Okay. We're going to get good. to that, but you know, we, we have to... I got some cooking to do, man. It's it's uh, you know you gotta gotta focus on the next thing, which is uh, all those sweet sweet side dishes I gotta make. See, are, are you a, are you a Thanksgiving chef? Do you cook? <laughs> no, okay. No. Well, it sounded um, like you. Well, did. kind of. When we would, when we lived down in Austin, they would we would my wife and I would kind of have to do our own thing, but we would always like get a turkey from somewhere else. Like we'd get, oh man, we'd get like a the, the uh, like a smoked turkey yeah. from a barbecue place in Austin. Yeah. Uh, miss it yeah beautiful I, I, then i'd kind of make the side dishes around it and stuff i've never tried to like make a turkey myself like totally prepare it no i mean and i don't think i ever will that does not interest that me. doesn't that feel like one of those things where there's like 10 different ways you'd screw it up I, and you'd probably get a couple of them wrong oh i'd get all of them wrong and i'm yeah. not bad in the kitchen but i couldn't do that yeah i couldn't same. do that same. um okay no. well we're gonna get into thanksgiving later you know we gotta have our uh our savory we're gonna have a draft it's gonna be fun yeah yeah um, uh, well, Max, first, I think the, the main thing to talk about last night, the college football playoff committee released their first rankings and it's quite interesting, um, where the big 12 is, uh, landed, uh, Oklahoma at 11, Iowa state at 13, Texas at 17, Oklahoma state at 23. I was pretty surprised that OU was that high. Were you surprised by that? Uh, are we sure Oklahoma's better than BYU? <laughs> the BYU thing is the one that, that really irked me because it's like I I get that like the schedule's been easy. That's kind of not the uh, it's not the fault of those players, right? Because of all the weird stuff that happened to them. So that that was the one thing that jumped out to me right away. BYU at fourteen it's, was weird. It is. I don't know. I, I I'm a little bit of a it's jerk. A t- it's tough. I'm a little bit of a yeah. jerk about the group of fives. I really am. I just am. I I, I, I you got no love. I you don't like seeing Cincinnati at seven. I do. I think Cincinnati is way more deserving of BYU. Is that fair? 
Is that fair? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think based. Well, oh yeah, way different schedules. Yeah. For so, sure. but 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 uh, even okay. But it, Oklahoma at eleven, I think is pretty interesting. I think it's probably, you know, I think it, when you look at Oklahoma, what are what which Oklahoma team are we kind of judging? Right? Are you judging the total resume, or are you judging, you know, really over the last month as we've talked about a few times on this podcast, where they're just in. They flipped the switch since they survived Red River. It's just ass kicking mode, now. yeah. And it was once again last week. Well, and so when you watch them now, and and you know, not to say you disregard the two losses, but when you watch them now, yeah, I think right now they're playing like a top ten team. So eleven seems pretty pretty close. Were you surprised to see them that high? I was. I was very surprised uh, to see them that high, uh, just because of that reason, and. I, because they lost to Kansas State. I mean, that's still a bad loss. Um, it's looking worse. I mean, yeah, that's it is. Uh, Iowa State on the road, a team that ended, has ended up being pretty good. I think that's that's a little bit more understandable. I'm not. I'm not even saying I, it's wrong. I actually think it was a little bit of a bummer for Iowa State that, that Louisiana did not make this top twenty-five too. And there's still time for that. But I think that helps the Iowa State case there a little bit if Louisiana is at least on the list. I think OU probably got a little bit. If you're comparing the fact that OU is ahead of Iowa State right now, I think probably OU got a little bit of a benefit that they've already beat Oklahoma State and they've already beat Texas, mm-hmm. whereas you know Iowa State is is 0-1 in those games so far. That's true. That's true too. Um, but you know, I thought it was really interesting too with the committee. Uh, you know, last night uh, in the in the teleconference, one thing that was said is they actually factored in the Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins suspensions, which. Um, hmm. I mean, is that is that is that right? Like, should they should they do that? I mean, it's interesting. The better that those two guys play, um, the better they play, the more that excuse becomes a little more relevant, right? Yeah. Like, it probably if you're Lincoln, keep getting the ball to Stevenson and keep building this argument that <laughs> oh man, there's no way we would have two losses if I had this guy, right? Yeah. I, and look, I I I do believe they would have won at least one of those games with Stevenson. I don't know. Perkins is an amazing player. He's the best player on their defense, but their defensive line was still playing really well without him. But Stevenson, to me, is the guy. If they had him, I think they would have found a way to squeeze out one of those wins. They would have been able to run the clock out in the fourth quarter when maybe Rattler wasn't playing very well, when the defense wasn't playing very well. That that could have made a massive difference. But but I also understand maybe I feel like if there are people that roll their eyes at that, you know, at that statement. sure, I totally like think that's fair. Yeah, I could see people not having the most sympathy for the way that you know the the reason why those guys were missing, obviously. Um, but like, I think, yeah, it's it, <laughs> it's interesting. You're right. I, I, if if they had those two guys now, kind of knowing what we know now, I think I I think they probably still would have lost to Iowa State, but I think they would have beat K State mm-hmm. probably. If we're just being fair, yeah, beca- could have won both. Yeah, well, the Iowa State game was closer throughout the entirety of it. They were they Correct. were crushing Kansas State at one point. Um, yeah, I mean that was just yeah. a total fourth quarter meltdown. That was all self inflicted in a lot of ways. K State obviously stepped up and, and did not. Awesome and job, I, don't wanna, do you- I don't want to. I don't want to. You know disparage the good name of my favorite player deuce fawn either so well yeah you know i think that this is where we're kind of getting to the interesting point in the year now that we're getting to the end of november is there is going to be a little bit of that revisionist history um on on those early losses right i mean there's look i would say it was not not super competitive with louisiana i mean that score wasn't that close right yeah. but we know now louisiana was a good team and we know now that iowa state's a really good team so i mean it's it's interesting now that the committee comes into play and starts making their their judgments that 
now we kind of start to get a sense of how much that stuff matters. When you when you look at this playoff top ten here, Jason, and I'll read it off real quick: Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A and M, Florida, Cincinnati, Northwestern, Georgia, Miami. Um, do you do you see like a nice little path for OU to rise up into that top six to eight quickly, even though they're a two loss team? I think so because I think that if Oklahoma takes care of business this weekend in Morgantown, that is a more quality win than we thought it would have been. I mean that this West Virginia team is is pretty good, especially on defense. And I uh, I think that if they go up there and beat them the same way they beat Oklahoma State this last, I'm not saying they're going to do that, but if they were to do that again, I could totally see the committee jumping them up ahead of Miami and Georgia. Don't you? It's interesting. West Virginia and Baylor are not the toughest games on their schedule by any means. And so not no disrespect to, to them, but so, so I wonder if they're kind of a little bit stuck at 11, I think maybe in the short term here, the question is how close can you get to the, the group of, of schools that are in the mix going into a conference title game, right? I mean, if, if it's a big gap, if you're still like stuck at eighth or something, it's probably hard to see you getting getting close to that final four. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because they're, you know, as long as Notre Dame and Clemson both keep winning, and then you know, Clemson say Clemson wins the ACC title game, they're probably going to put Notre Dame and Clemson both in there, right? I I, w- I would imagine. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah, I would think so. If, and then we've we've obviously got the Alabama, Florida, A and M kind of conundrum, which right. You know, we'll see how much that sorts itself out. I do think, you know, obviously we'll talk about Iowa State, Texas. If Iowa State can win this weekend, I I think there's probably, especially where with the committee having Texas ranked at 17th, which is, um, I would not, I don't want to say generous, but pretty like pretty respectful of Texas. I would say Iowa State probably should move. I mean, what do you think? Into that number 10 spot, right behind Georgia, maybe. If they beat Texas and OU yeah. beats West Virginia, you think Iowa State would jump ahead of them? Is it, that's what you're saying? I don't know. I, I think there's a p- potential for that, or maybe yeah. they just close the gap and they're right next to each other. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's uh, that, that's definitely possible. I, I I think that that Iowa State gets a, probably gets a little bit of benefit too if they have that kind of Friday spotlight too, because they're so, not playing in the Saturday. That's a mix. That's a great point. If if they, I mean, shoot, if they play the kind of game they played last weekend. And everyone's watching. I think that gives Iowa State a real chance to get a lot of generate a lot of conversation and momentum. I would think in terms of moving up. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. And that kind of this all kind of brings us to. I wanted to talk to you about some comments that Tom, Her- our our good pal Tom Herman made on the Big Twelve teleconference this week about the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of the friend of one true pod, Barry Trammell from the Oklahoma, asked Tom Herman about uh, if he believed the Big Twelve champion should be in the playoff. And Tom Herman basically said, yes, they should because um, of how weird this season is because they played more games. And he even specifically, he wasn't even really talking so much about his own team as he was talking about Iowa state. He basically said that in a COVID year in this weird year that he doesn't think that Iowa state losing to a good Louisiana team in week one should be necessarily a hindrance to them making it in. Um, and if you're going to say that about Iowa State, I guess that applies then to the rest of the conference as well. So um, I, I, I don't see, I, I don't I see that, any way that the Big 12 can get in. I, I just don't. I, I, I think they can get yeah. maybe up to seven or eight maybe, but it's very hard for me to see how the committee will move them all the yeah, way. Yeah, it's going to take – first of all, it takes it's going to take some help at the top. Obviously, it's going to take some chaos. I think it – 
the best foot forward probably would be Oklahoma going on a really dominant run here of just nobody coming close to them, even in the Big 12 title game. It, it would take a real extreme performance, I think, from them or, or potentially from Iowa State um, to really – just because I think the resumes of these teams that are in the mix now just have enough – like you can just poke enough holes in them that it's hard to – get in over similar teams, I think, if you're the Big 12. But honestly, Jason, I think the the debate that is still to come, and I think it's going to get really heated as we get closer and closer to the, the finish line here is, all right, I mean, you're going to have these coaches and ADs and, and, and you'd think commissioners saying, look, we played 11 games. Shouldn't we get credit for that? Yeah. We played 10 games, you know. Uh, the Big 12 cha- – I say Big 12 champion played 11 ultimately. Right. Right. But at what point do you do you you know either get more credit for having played more games or you take less of a hit for having having lost some of them? You know, right? It's a, it's an impossible thing. It usually, you're comparing twelve win you know or twelve game teams, yeah. and and this is just so so weird. And and as usual, it's going to come down to the committee kind of picking whatever criteria they want to justify who they think the top four is. Yeah. Um. But it's going to be. Just the, the the sort of resume conversation is going to be so different and, and probably more heated than usual. Yeah. Well, I mean, that you know reminds me a few weeks ago, uh, Brian Kelly, after a game, made some really interesting comments about this very thing. He, he basically said, we've played now, they've played eight games. His point was, we've played a Big Ten schedule now. Right. And, and you know, we're tired. We went through all the stuff we had to go through in August to be able to play. And I don't think he's wrong. I, I mean, look. And they had to, you know, they had to, in some cases, some of these schools had to survive September, right? I mean, the Big Ten and Pac-12 totally sat that out. Right. So, absolutely. In terms of getting your program ready to play, dealing with COVID stuff, getting your season, you know, off the ground here. I mean, there was the, the level of difficulty, I think, and, and now we're seeing it in all these cancellations, but um, the level of difficulty in completing a 10-game season um, is is so different, yeah. I think. I mean, and do you think, Max, that that it's fair to say that, you know, the, the, just the sheer fact that the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 uh, provided a blueprint for a way to play a season, they, they're the ones that, that mm-hmm. made it work, that decided they were going to try, should those things factor in to the final decision? Should, it's, a great, it's a great question. It really is. And is that fair? I, I think I – think um, in some ways, yes. In some ways, yes. I think for the committee, they're probably going to take all the, they're going to set all the politics aside there and just be like, we think these are the four best teams right now, which, you know, I think you kind of have to have that stance if you're going to put Ohio State in the final four. Not that Ohio State hasn't been one of the best teams, but, it, you know, if, if you're going to put one of these teams that played a shorter schedule and, and right now Ohio State's number four, um, that's probably going to be the case. And, but yeah, it's it's a great question. I mean, I I think that I think these coaches should make it a, a talking point. They should raise hell about this because it, it's a little bit of a different discussion that from like who are the four best teams. Bottom line, but when we get down to it, every year there's going to be that debate between that number four, that number five, that number six team, right? And this year, the difference is going to be that you know if you're a, a Florida or something, like you've played more games you've you know say they lose the sec title game you've lost two games but you've lost to really really good teams and you've played more games um 
Same with same with Oklahoma, right? Or or Iowa State or whoever wins the Big Twelve. Um, they're going to have a pretty valid valid argument to make. It's just how do you how do you you know how do you compare these? Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I mean, I, I don't. I, I don't think anybody really knows how that's going to go. I don't you know? know how you can. I mean, it's just. I would love to see. I wish they would, you know, simulcast the the playoff meetings and stuff. I wish they would. If they would were smart, one, they'd be doing this stuff on Zoom and not in person. That that's well. Ridiculous. There's no reason for that. Literally, no reason. no reason for that. I mean, look, I miss my Marriott points too, but I'm not. I'm not doing dumb shit to try and make them up, right? <laughs> um, but too, like if they were smart, they would they would uh, film this stuff and like put it on ESPN Plus or something and make people pay to watch it. But it would be fascinating to hear the actual conversations in the room because, um, especially this year, make an exception. Because we, for this I don't, year. I don't. You right? Usually, usually you think you know what their criteria is on stuff, and this year I think it's totally different and maybe totally made up. Yeah, it's like uh, what was the whose line is it anyway? Did you ever watch that? Of course. What was yeah. the, What was the where the the points, the rules are made up and the points don't matter. I think that's the, yeah, yeah. the tagline. Eh, yeah. It'll be a little bit of that this fall. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So let's talk about, let's maybe briefly recap what happened because this weekend in the big 12, because they, the, neither of these games were particularly competitive. Um, they were not. Let's start with Bedlam. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma state enters as the highest ranked team in the big 12 this defense that is supposed to be dominant. Uh, they have these great players on their offense. And my God, uh, Bedlam happened the way Bedlam usually happens. Such a freaking stereotypical Bedlam, wasn't it? it was. I mean, just an absolute dream performance by Oklahoma in every sense and just a nightmare performance from Oklahoma State in in pretty much every way. I mean, how, the, the Oklahoma State quarterback deal was weird. I think the Oklahoma State offensive line – which we've talked about before, got exposed again. And that's, that's ultimately, that's kind of the one fatal flaw for this team that could have been really dangerous. And honestly, Jason, it's probably a good reminder that we need to pay more attention to something like that in the preseason. When we saw, we saw they lost a couple guys up front over the summer and you're like, okay, I think the, they can probably reload. They've got a good line coach, but man, that is, that ultimately just proved to be, and you saw it right away with the way Perkins was playing and everybody up yeah. front. I mean, it was not close. No, I mean, from the first, so OU takes the opening kick, goes and scores, and then OSU gets the ball. Uh, first play, Ronnie Perkins shoves his way past two linemen, gets in uh, Sanders' face, forces a, a intentional grounding. Next play, um, Oklahoma State's left guard jumps, false starts. Uh, and it's just like right then you knew, oh, they're totally in their heads at this point. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, now Oklahoma didn't play perfect. That's the other thing is it could have been a lot worse. 
Oh, you yeah, didn't. Oh, really you didn't score any points in the third quarter at all. The second quarter wasn't very good. I think they maybe had one field goal in the in the second quarter, and so, I mean, my God, it could have been so much worse than it was. So, but when you're in the stadium, there were were there moments. You're you're right. There were moments when it was still close, but were there, was there ever a moment when you were like, okay, I think Oklahoma State's about to make a run here and tie it up or anything like that. Um. Well. It was, it was hard to have a lot of hope, especially with Sanders standing on the sideline. It was hard right. for me to see a path. And you've seen Oklahoma players say, you know, say since that, you know, Illingworth's just sort of a statue in the pocket there. It was pretty easy to get after him, you know? Yeah, well, I, I think that the, the only time when I thought it could get interesting really was still in the first quarter. It was Oklahoma was up 21 nothing, and uh, Oklahoma State drives down. Illingworth is in the game, uh, third down. Um, Buki Radley Hiles makes a very foolish mm-hmm. uh, uh, unsportsmanlike mm-hmm. conduct penalty on the, on on what would have been a third down stop right after that. Just ah the the, the kid uh, Buki. Um, Buki, the most polarizing player in recent OU history, and it's not really even that close. Um, yeah, you're right. But Lincoln Riley did go on an impassioned defense of him in his press conference yesterday. But that's a whole other story. I saw that. The, the point yeah. is. Uh, Buki makes that mistake. The next play Oklahoma state scores is 21 to seven. And that's when I kind of thought, okay, well maybe this will be a game. But after that, the Oklahoma defense shut them down. Um, they, they weren't able, Oklahoma state wasn't able to do anything. But then, then after that, the, the drive chart for Oklahoma state is punt, field goal, field goal, end of half, punt, 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 punt. Yeah. Turnover on downs. Yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah. So Oklahoma's defense really stepped up and, um, you know, even when the offense was struggling, the the defense played great, which, man, when was the last time we were able to say that an Oklahoma team played defense this well? I mean, they are, they're actually good yeah. on defense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, um, you know, it did, I, I'm, I'm sure in covering this to you, did, did that feel like a little bit of a culmination of, close to two seasons of effort there on, on Grinch's part to try and get them looking like a team that can play like this. Yeah. I mean, between the, the, the young talent that they've had, that they've added, that, that has stepped in and played well, the veteran guys that, that have been around for a while, a guy like Trey Brown is starting to actually play really well. And he struggled a lot through his career. Um, and, and, and yeah, and that defensive front is just so good and they have not looked like that in a long time in a long yeah. time. So, well, that's what, you know, and that's, it's, it's really hard to do in a year like this with, with, um, you know, guys missing time because of COVID because games getting postponed and stuff, but that's what it's supposed to look like. You're supposed to look better today than you did at the start. And I think you can say that generally about Oklahoma's defense, not to say, you know, that, that people can't score points on them, but I, I that, you know, this is what they should be looking like on defense at the end of November in terms of those new guys, they rolled out early on in the season up front. You've got, um, the young guys like Graham that are starting to kind of assert themselves a little bit more on the back end of it um, and, and play with a little bit more confidence. That's, you know, that's, that's a huge, all this is kind of coming together at the right time here for Oklahoma. It, it really is. Uh, it, it really is. So, and then Rattler's just, I mean, what can you say? You know, like he's ready, he's ready for all this now. Yeah. And, and uh, you, when you talk to coaches about freshmen and especially guys that enroll early, they tend to say like, okay, well, once you know, but like a true freshman after he's played eight or so games, he's not really a true freshman anymore. And at this point, with Spencer Rattler, I would say he's not really a redshirt freshman anymore. That that dude's got enough reps now that um, I think we can we can raise the expectations on him and 
I mean, shoot, his his QBR for that game was like 97. I mean, it was, it was as clean of a game as you're going to get from him. Well, and, and I think that in in years, if, if Spencer Rattler ends up being the the sort of Heisman level quarterback, first round draft pick that I think we all think he can be, I think yeah. we will look back on that Texas game in the second quarter as the moment when everything changed for him. When Lincoln Riley pulled him out of the game and put Tanner Mordecai in, I mean, that yeah. was that was a genuine holy shit moment. Uh, it was. Uh, it was like, I think we. I think we both tweeted it. Yeah. In the moment. <laughs> like, oh my god. Uh, and, and he did it, and it worked. Well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever about that. You know, it, it worked. And uh, Spencer Rattler could have pouted on the sideline when he got benched. He could have, uh, you know, thought, you know, oh god, this is this isn't going to work for me. Whatever. It, and Tanner Mordecai didn't play awful. I mean, he wasn't great, but he didn't play awful. It, it is a sliding doors moment that what if you, you know, what if he'd taken over and you're watching Tanner Mordecai for the last month, you know, be the guy. The thing is, if Tanner Mordecai was the guy, I don't know that they, I mean, they probably would have won all the games that they've won, but I don't know that they would have looked as dominant. I mean, because <laughs> Spencer Rattler is just different. He's just on a different level. So, but on the Oklahoma State side, Max, I think this game from you know from my conversations with friends of mine that are Oklahoma State fans and just social media I think this is that what happened this weekend was so incredibly frustrating because this was a year when they were supposed to be better they were supposed to be better and it's not just that they lost it's that they got embarrassed and and it's not just that they got embarrassed it's that Mike Gundy played I mean I I don't want to judge someone or, or try to psychoanalyze them, but it sure looked like he, he coached scared in the fourth quarter. I mean, when you're down uh, by 21 it's points. Just, yeah. So many, so much stuff was just not going right for him though. And you, that 21 start was sort of the, um, to dig that deep, deep of a hole right away is such a problem, but you watched that game, Jason, and, and not to say everything was awful on, on one side of the ball, but that was not the Oklahoma state defense we've seen all year. No, no, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't. And, and and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's good on good, right? Maybe that's just Oklahoma, you know, being better at a bunch of spots on offense and, and just beating them one-on-one in a lot of situations, but um, or out scheming them. I mean, we, we've seen that plenty um, since Lincoln Riley joined this rivalry, but no, we didn't, we didn't see the Oklahoma state defense. We've been used to all year. No, no, we didn't. But, but you know what? I didn't think they played that bad really, for a lot of the game, especially those second and third quarters. They played pretty well. I mean, I think you have to give them but, some but credit. But the way this team's been set up this year, they've had to play really, really good defense right. to make up for what right. they lack offensively. Well, that, yeah, you know? that's what I was going to say is that they, they played so well in the second and third quarter, but by the fourth, um, they were out there so much. Their offense wasn't giving them anything. Uh, it's sort of not surprising that that by the fourth quarter they were tired and and, uh, and Oklahoma was able to, to run up the score a little bit. But... Um, but, when, but Mike Gundy on fourth down from the Oklahoma 39-yard line early in the fourth quarter, trailing by 21, punted. And yeah. I, I think that that decision alone sort of encapsulates the frustration that Oklahoma State fans have with Mike Gundy, um, especially when and it specific, comes to that Specifically game. with Bedlam. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because what does Where, Oklahoma do? They even It was a good punt. They pinned him at the one, and Oklahoma goes nine plays, 99 yards, and puts, a, you know, puts the final yeah. nail in the coffin. I, I I I certainly understand the frustration. It's it's kind of like the Ohio State Michigan thing, where like you think you have a really good team, and that team just sort of always saves their worst game for the biggest game of the year right. against the rival. That's just you know you're so outmatched. But this is different, you know. I mean, there's just been such a long history of this 
um, between Gundy against Oklahoma. And it's interesting. I thought, um, you know, Bill Haston from the Tulsa World, uh, he sort of raised the possibility politely to Mike Gundy this week of, hey, you know, do you ever think about, you know, are you are you getting burned out a little bit? I mean, he's been doing this a, a very long time, you know. Um, and, and Mike Gundy's response was, well, I have not ever woke up and said, do I really want to do this? I have woke up sometimes and said, this, this is getting hard. And, and then I have to sit and think what my options are based on the situation that's been presented to me. And when I go to practice or I have a team meeting, Bill, there's going to be 120 people staring at me. And there's probably 118 of them that want an answer. And that's what you're talking about. But um, I'm not, I can't stay at home and I can't uh, retire and I can't not do anything. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm any good at being a coach, but I'm probably not any good at doing anything else. I'm not any good at farming. I lose money farming. So the point being is this, is that uh, this is what I do. Um, this is how I do it. This is what I enjoy doing. And I'll be honest with you, Bill. I, I like having my back against the wall. I enjoy that. What are your thoughts on I, – I, I appreciate that he responded genuinely and not abrasively because that is a – you know, that's sort of – any coach could kind of take that as disrespectful when you ask the question. But what, what are your thoughts on where are we at with the, the long-term plan here for Mike Gundy? I don't know because we're talking about nine years ago, Oklahoma State should have been in the national championship game. I mean, they were – they, yeah. they, I mean, I, I will go to my grave. The highs, have, the highs have been really high. Yeah, absolutely. I, and they've been very consistent. Yeah. And I'll go to my grave saying they should have played LSU that year in the BCS championship <laughs> game. But, yeah. um, and really after that, you sort of thought maybe those sorts of seasons would come around more often and they just haven't. I mean, they've had 10 win seasons. Um, they've had uh, some really great players. Mason Rudolph was a really great quarterback. Um, but they they just haven't been able to get over that hump and win another conference title and beat Oklahoma. The, the only other time other than that season that they've beaten Oklahoma, they needed Bob Stoops to make a terrible decision and re-kick to Tyree Kill. And if that doesn't happen, Oklahoma State doesn't beat them or even go to a bowl. And that, to me, Max, is actually the most interesting year to talk about when we're talking about is Mike Gundy burned out. I don't know how much you remember – about 2014, but Oklahoma State was on a long losing streak entering that Bedlam game. Boone Pickens was pissed off, and Mike Gundy's press conference the week they played Bedlam in 2014, he sounded like a man who knew he was about to get fired or was yeah. about to quit. And and if he if he hadn't put Mason Rudolph in, yeah, to, at the end of that season, it probably it probably it probably could have been. Yeah, and, and then they come back, win that game, then they go to a bowl game, which they wouldn't have gone to if they hadn't beaten OU in that regular season finale. And he saved his job, and the next year they went and won, I think, 10 games the next year. But um, he, So we've seen this before. We've seen moments where we thought maybe Mike Gundy was, was finished, and he, he wasn't. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't think that he could go do anything else either. I think he's clearly a football coach. <laughs> That's what he is, the same way a lot yeah. of these guys are. Um, but you do wonder. He's flirted with enough other jobs throughout the years, and he's gone on these interviews and all these things, and you just wonder if he'll ever decide to actually – like do it if he'd ever really want a fresh start somewhere um without kind of the baggage that's come with being in the same job for so long and all the politics with it and Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting it's and it's a hard look i I think that his his quote kind of is reflective of it's a hard position to be in where you've probably got folks at oklahoma state who are saying i'm not i'm not you know i'd like to see something different 
at the same time, Oklahoma State could do a lot worse. You know, I mean, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard to figure out a succession plan for these guys. Same, same with TCU, right? Of here's where we are. It could be better. It could be worse. You know, how do we, how do we get to the future here? Right. You know? Well, it's like you know, you hear about it happens in the NBA a lot, where a coach. It happened right here in Oklahoma City where Scott Brooks did really well and he got him as far as he could and, and they just decided he's taken us as far as he's going to take us. So it's time to give someone else a shot to try to get to that next level. And is that where Oklahoma State is? Or or is it foolish to think that way? Because, my God, Oklahoma State before Mike Gundy? Right. I mean, right. it's Kansas State before Bill Snyder. Maybe not no, that you could, extreme, you could, but it's You like could that. revert to being a 6-6 six and six kind of program. Yeah if you hire the wrong guy, you yeah. know, we, we've, we've certainly seen that kind of stuff. So it's a hard, it's a hard spot to be in. And I think when you have the high expectations that come with their 2020, with all the guys they had coming back with this defense full of veterans, I think when you have the, this is the big year year and it doesn't work out, then, then there's, even though Oklahoma state has a great team this year, there's just going to be kind of that angst of, of what if, what, you know, what could this team have accomplished their season's not over, uh, but now they need they need help. They don't control their destiny now. Yeah, and we're going to a little bit later get into Big Twelve uh, title game scenarios, which are very fun and oh god, have chaotic. you have you, have you like Pepe Silvia? Have you like worked through all of these and drawn all the lines and everything? Yes, I have. I, I oh, I'm not there yet. We'll 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 get to it. I have okay. I'll just tease it a little bit here. I have figured out a way that we could have a six way tie at the top of the big 12 standings. Oh boy. Okay. I'd like to hear that. Let's, uh, but first we, I think we probably need to pay a, pay a little respect to, uh, the Cyclones, the, the, the clones, <laughs> the clones, um, played Kansas state and the final score was 45 to zero. Woo. Oh my man. God. That... I'm guessing Chris Kleiman has not lost by 45 points in an extremely long time in his career. That would have been a good thing to look up. I wish I'd looked that up because, because I, I would imagine the same thing. I mean, he's not used I mean, to this losing was the, like that. No, it, this and this was. I think this was exactly what you wanted to see from Iowa State. Um, Brock Purdy played a damn near perfect game. Brees Hall's getting nine yards of carry um, against a really good defensive staff. Um, Iowa State got eight third down stops plus three turnover margin. Pure dominance in the first half. I mean. That was this. This was the the ceiling of of play that we were hoping to see from Iowa State. And honestly, if they played like that pretty much every week, I think you'd you'd have to rank them ahead of Oklahoma right now. Yeah, if they played like that every week, I mean, they would. That the thing about Brock Purdy, man, I I like Brock Purdy a lot, but I don't mm-hmm. get him. I don't get him. What What do you not get? I don't get how he can look so dominant sometimes, and then sometimes he just looks so average. He's just a I don't know something about I I, I expect more of him. I feel like I expect I expect <laughs> I expect games like that more often than he provides them. Does that make sense? I I I, I guess I can see what you're saying. Um, he's still got more time. Um, he's also going to, without question, by every measure, go down as the best quarterback in Iowa State history. Am I being too hard so, on him? Am I being too so hard on like, him? So it's like, yeah, if you think <laughs> back to, you know, the the level of play they were getting from, like, Jacob Park not too long ago, um, and, and some of the quarterbacks they've had uh, <laughs> right before Campbell got there. I mean, the, the, the bar was very low. So um, I, I think... I think they'll take it, the consist the inconsistency is there a little bit for sure, 
but the, the the level of play they're getting from him is still way better than you're used to. All right, well then I would formally apologize to Brock Purdy for you. Uh, you seem to have forgotten, you know, Jerome Tiller and Steel Jantz and some of the some of the great Iowa State quarterbacks of a decade ago. That's fair. I I, I will accept that. <laughs> I, I will accept that. I because I, I do like Brock Purdy a lot, I, and yeah. I like Iowa State. I I, I like. It, it's kind good. of and it's kind of, the joke with me on that is always that like, um, it's like Brock Purdy and like Charlie Brewer. It's like kind of the Spider Man meme a little bit because they're pretty, they're pretty similar guys in some way where the the, the good is really good, but sometimes you don't totally know how it's going to look from week to week. I, I think Brock Purdy is a much better player, but yeah, um, I I see what you're saying. And look, and this so that makes this week kind of a, a, a legacy week in a lot of ways for, for Brock Purdy, you know? It's huge. It's huge. I mean, and, you know, Iowa State had lost, what What was the what was the number? They'd lost how many in a row or how many of the whatever to Kansas State? I mean, it was a... a you, oh, yeah, it was, it was like 12 or 13 or something like, 12, like that. 12 13. They go out there and just kick their ass. And now they're going to another place where they haven't won in a long time. Uh, haven't won in, in, in Austin since 2010 when Tom Herman was... <laughs> Iowa State's offensive That's right. coordinator, That's um, right. and uh, and Texas, I believe, is a little bit of a favorite. Yeah, they're they're about a point and a half favorite here. But uh, this is a huge week for Iowa State. If they win this game, they, I, I don't think they totally punch their ticket just yet. I don't think. No, not not just yet. But they come really close. They're pretty much in. They're pretty much in if they win. Yeah, they still have to play West Virginia the next week, though. Yeah, but. Um... Yeah, the, the 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 pursuit of their first conference title since 1912 is in great shape at the moment. Um, I we let's transition into Iowa State Texas here because it is the first game of the schedule here. Iowa State should not be the underdog this week. I don't think so either. But but Vegas uh, a lot of times confuses me, and then I mean they're the ones that called West Virginia beating Kansas State, right? And we sat on this podcast and said <laughs> how ridiculous that line was. So, yes, I, I don't know. Yeah, right now, I'm sure it can still change right now as we tape this. Texas is a one and a half point favorite. Now, obviously, they're the home team, so they don't have the full three point, you know, advantage or whatever you normally would respect a home team with. Um, but yeah, tech, I, I would say one and a half point underdog. Um, I, I think it would be. A real big mistake. I mean, I think maybe probably that the K State uh, game makes this very clear to everybody. Hopefully, but Iowa State's the better team. They are. They're clearly the better team. I mean, it's it's it could not be more clear that I feel like the Iowa State's the better team. And maybe I was wrong a minute ago. I, can they punch their ticket if they win this weekend? I don't know. Sorry, I I I, I did all the scenarios for crazy stuff and not for the more likely stuff. Yeah, I think I think they're <laughs> I think they're in great shape if they if they can handle this. Um, they're obviously in first place right now, um, and this is a chance for you know a, a big spotlight like we talked about, um, a chance for Brees Hall to really go out and, and convince everybody he's the the Doak Walker winner, uh, which they very much care about over in Ames and. You really show everybody, you know, that he's he's a Heisman name. He's been ri- rising up in our straw poll. I've continued to give him votes since Good. you've you've uh, reminded me it's important to do since so. I shamed you. Um, but, oh, I, <laughs> there's no shame in voting for Brees Hall, man. But um, he, I, this is this is a big moment. You shouldn't have to say like, oh, this this is the game when America finds out about Brees Hall because I think the Oklahoma game earlier this year really was that. But 
Uh, it's a huge moment for them, and he's he's looking really good. That offensive line, which has been a struggle over the years to get right, um, you saw them just mashing K-State and, and really um, – you know, it's a really exciting moment for Iowa State. I think they're they're exactly where they want to be. Exactly, I think as good as they hope they could kind of become. Um, and this is this is the big game. And you know, it's I think it's a big deal for this team. Two years ago, they were in a position uh, to be in the Big Twelve title race, and they, and they had to go down to to Texas and play them. And this is a game that Texas won to get into the Big Twelve title game. Um, and Brock Purdy was still really young. I believe he was still freshman at that point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, it was just, it all kind of fell apart on them. The offensive line wasn't very good. Party wasn't very good. Um, and Texas, Texas kind of, kind of routed them. And so I'm sure that sticks with them. This is a huge chance to avenge that. And, and look, I'll, I mean, in the reality, as much as this game's important to Iowa state, all of the pressures on Texas. Yeah. I mean, all of the, I mean, we were just last week talking about Tom Herman, discussing urban Meyer taking his job. I mean, that was, so yeah. Uh, It's it's weird, man. Like you can make the argument if you really want to be super, super generous, you can make the argument that Texas is like two plays away from being undefeated. Right. If, if, if if one of those plays being that you needed to go for two against Oklahoma at some point, right. At some Um, point, at some point, (laughs) but obviously no one around there, at least outside of their building, nobody is looking at that. Uh, glass half full, right? And and so this is this is a defining game for Tom Herman. Period. Um, I actually got an email from one of our listeners, Sam Glenn. He asked, "Do you think Texas comes out flat after not playing for twenty days?" And 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 Sam made the fair point that you think back when they had a lot of time to get ready for Georgia and they had a lot of time to get ready for Utah. You did see them come out and play their their best ball in those bowl games. Um, do, do you? How much do you think Texas kind of comes out flat here, Jason? Oh man, I, I, I don't. It's hard with this team, right? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard because they've been kind of so consistent in playing down. I'm, mean, you know, they lost in names last year. Like, if they underestimate Iowa State at all, they're going to get blown it's out. So damning because they've had two full weeks of prep. They've lost to Iowa State last year. I mean, they they should not show up to this game thinking, oh, we're just going to out talent them. It, and I don't think they will. Do you think they? Do you think there's a chance no, they do that? No, I think this will be a heavyweight fight. I yeah. think this will be a four quarter game. I do. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a tough game for Iowa State. I I think we'll get into well, our- this is the this is it, man. This is the fork in the road for Tom Herman. It really is. This is the if they lose this game, I think that um that just empowers all the people who want to see a change. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. They they really need to win this game. They really need to win this game. And I, I think and for Iowa Sam's State... Sam's got to bring his best too, you know? Yeah, oh, to, yeah. this is a big game for Sam Ellinger too. I, I did notice earlier this week, did he say he doesn't regret saying we're back? I think I saw that. He, he said he would. He was younger and that he probably wouldn't have said it in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, Probably, uh, probably. We probably we, we made we've all made a couple of mistakes in college, haven't we, Jason? <laughs> I think that I think that we have. I <laughs> I know that I did. I know that I did. But I mean, it's also I think just as important a game for Iowa State. This is a chance for them to prove that they're for real, that they belong in in mm-hmm. that upper tier uh, of the uh, of the Big Twelve. So it's a massive game. It's a massive game on both sides. And I'm glad it's on Friday. So well, I'm going to be flying to West Virginia on Friday, but um, yeah. I, I'm probably going to. I'm going to try to find a way to watch it in some okay. way. <laughs> All right. What, what's, uh, what's your pick? Are we doing picks? Are we picking? Let's, let's work the picks in here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Are we, if we're picking. Now, first of all, let, let, let's let the public know. So 
Um, I'm now I'm now 22 and 11 on Big 12 picks this season. Um, if you've been riding my coattails, if you've been now, I don't, I don't feel so great about this week's picks, but I never feel feel great week to week about what I'm picking. But I'm now 22 and 11, so um, it's unfortunate that I haven't bet any of my hard earned money on my picks because if I had, I'd be feeling really good right now. There'd be a lot more Christmas presents under the tree. You know, <laughs> I'd be feeling really bad if I had bet on mine because you're- yeah, Jason is now. Um, Jason's now 15 and 18. So this is, uh, I think you got to quit trying to, to pick against me and just pick with your heart here. You know, I know that or just start copying my picks. Follow, you know, follow me to freedom, but then I'll never catch up. See, that's the problem. I've been trying to catch up. And so I've been making some poor picks, but, but in, in trying to catch up, you lose, yeah. you're losing. Here, well, you I'm know? picking, so. I'm picking Iowa state. I'm picking them to win. And, and obviously they're the underdogs. So obviously I'm picking them to cover. I think Iowa state wins. I, I think it'll be a tough, close game, but I, I think Iowa state's, the better, clearly the better team, and I think they're going to win. I think um, I think it'll be Iowa State. Yeah, I do. I think not that this Texas team can't handle the pressure, but there's it's just so different. There's just two set, two teams in completely different positions here, where one is having to com- completely block out all this noise and try and figure out a way to play their best football, and Iowa State is just uh, on the other end of that. They're just they're just rolling. They're re- they're ready for this. Um, it would be really surprising and disappointing if, if this was a just a real letdown game from from the Cyclones. Yeah, it would. It would absolutely. Um, okay, do we want to keep going with picks then, Max? Here. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, then Oklahoma at West Virginia. Oklahoma, an eleven point favorite. Um, Saturday night in Morgantown. It's not going to be quite the same. The atmosphere in Morgantown is one of my favorites in college football when when it's a full house and. You know, you've got the the hospital parking lot full next door. I really genuinely don't know on a West Virginia game day what happens when someone has a heart attack or something um, because of that hospital parking lot is always okay. full. <laughs> I've, I've always <laughs> wondered. Aside. I've always yeah. wondered, like, what can the ambulances even get there? Anyway, that's a whole other subject. Um, but uh, I, I love West Virginia. It's my favorite road trip to make in the Big 12. I, I love going there. Yeah. I'm really looking forward yeah. to it. Um Having said all of that, I, I I do think it could be tough for Oklahoma because of that defense, but I, I think Oklahoma wins, and I think that's a cover. good it's a cur- a good curb. Having said that, having um, said that, yeah, I think I think I think Oklahoma covers the eleven. They're just rolling right now. I I also think Oklahoma covers the eleven. I thought it was interesting that Ronnie Perkins said that defense runs through Oklahoma in the Big Twelve now. Um, he did. I would he say, did say that. I would say that's debatable. <laughs> I would say West Virginia's probably got. Uh, a very good scheme. I don't know if they have the athletes to keep up with Oklahoma's offense. I think with if that's what Oklahoma can do to Oklahoma State's defense, then it's hard to see West Virginia as 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 much as they scheme it up. It's just so hard. By the way, go read Bruce Feldman's piece this week on the West Virginia defense on the athletic. That's great stuff. Yeah. Do, by the way, and I don't want to cut you off either. Do you want to mention this crazy six way tiebreaker you got? Do we want to do that now or do we want to do that after picks? It's up to you. No, give it to him real quick here. All right, yeah, all I right. Hear this. All right, I'll do it as quick as I can. Okay, let me get my. Uh... My, my Charlie Kelly uh, notes here ready. Um, you got boxes of Pepe. There is a scenario that could exist where the final standings have a six-way tie atop the Big 12 with six different teams, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, Kansas State, all six and three. It's not like, All six and three. It's not likely to happen, but it could happen, and here's how it could happen. Texas beats Iowa State this weekend, um, but then Texas loses to Kansas State next week. Um, Kansas State beats Baylor. We're going to get to that in a minute this weekend. 
Um, basically, uh, oh, West Virginia beats Oklahoma this weekend. Okay. That's important to this. Yeah. Um, yep. And then also we need for Oklahoma State to lose again. I, I, looking at it, their remaining games, um, they have Texas Tech this weekend. They have um, they have TCU next week, and then they finish with Baylor. I'm going to go okay. – I'm going to say TCU. Let's just for well, – I'm going to say okay, TCU sure. is the, the game they lose. Um Anyway, so you end up with a six-way tie. now in the Six old- teams that have six wins in Big 12 play. Yes. yes. Now, in the old Big 12, uh, in the one true champion Big 12, this would have been a six-way tie, and six teams would have gotten Big 12 championship trophies, and we would have had to use these crazy tiebreakers to determine that Texas is the Big 12 champion in this, in this scenario. Oh. Texas, in this scenario, is the number one seed. When you break down the... When you do the uh, mini round robin among the are you, six are you teams, getting into like point differentials too, or is it just just mini man like round robin head to heads? It's there? mini round robin in a mini round robin uh, among these five teams. Texas and Oklahoma State are both three and two. Oh, okay. Um, and so, um, yeah, and so. Oh, I see. So it depends on, but then it depends on which team you had Oklahoma State losing to and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Not well, not really. Uh, not no, really. because they're not playing these teams. They yeah, already play. Okay, they've already all played right. all these teams. Ignore me. Okay. I don't get it. Okay, <laughs> so in this scenario, <laughs> Texas and Oklahoma State are both three and two. The other teams are not three and two. Um, mm-hmm. Right? Is that right? Yeah. No, West Virginia is also three and two. Sorry. Okay. West Virginia, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Texas are all three and two. Texas has the head to head over both of them. Texas is the number one seed. Then you do it again. You have to do the whole thing again without Texas. You have to do the whole round robin again. And in the whole round robin again, uh, Oklahoma State is three and one, with their only loss being to OU. Um, OU is one and three because they lost to Iowa State and Kansas State, and in this scenario, they lost to West Virginia. So you have a okay. Big Twelve championship game of Texas and Oklahoma State, two teams that are rivals of OU that OU beat, will mm-hmm. get into the Big Twelve championship game in this scenario. Beautiful. I I did I did look up there. Somebody asked me uh, a week ago, or, or I think over the weekend, is there a scenario where West Virginia is still in the race? And the answer is actually yes as well, because I believe because they have Oklahoma and Iowa State left, um, you get those head-to-head wins. There is a scenario where I think they need Texas. I think they need Texas and Oklahoma State to lose more games. And then there's that scenario would be West Virginia against Iowa State, I believe. Yeah. In the Big Twelve title game, well, which would be uh, which would be wild. By the way, I forgot to mention in my scenario, I need I need West Virginia to beat Iowa State. So Iowa State's yeah. gonna have to lose. West the Virginia next has two to weeks. win out in your scenario. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that would okay. make it the the six way or the six way tie, which I think would just well, be the most awesome Big Twelve thing I, ever. I would enjoy that. I would. I would. Uh, you may need to um, scan your notes and send them to me if we we come to that because I. Well, I, I love putting the grid together of possible outcomes, but there's just still still too many weeks left, you know, so it's kind of weird. And maybe things get kind of neatly wrapped up here or maybe things totally blow up. I mean, it's, well, it's the Big 12. We'll see. We're still going to have the possibility, too, that games are going to be canceled or postponed. I mean, that's still um, certainly possible. Bedlam, that'll, that'll mess up your round, Robbins. Yeah, Lincoln for sure. Lincoln Riley said last week uh, that he, he acknowledged that they were very close to not playing Bedlam because of – uh, OU's COVID number. So, uh, wow. But if we wow. get through these next two weeks, the the last week, right as it stands right now, is Texas, Kansas, OSU, Baylor. Both of those games should be pretty easy to, to pick. Yeah, and they did announce officially they are playing the Big Twelve title game on the nineteenth. They're still going to play it um, at AT and T Stadium it's at eleven a.m. at eleven a.m. 
Classic. Yep. That's how it goes. So, okay. Well, that's my, that's my crazy scenario that, uh, all right. That, I, I, in some way I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for that. I am. I love chaos. I love chaos. Yeah. Um, now as you know, as someone who primarily, now, covers, now if that happens, I don't think, um, I think maybe, maybe it would be harder for Tom Herman and others to say the big 12 champ should be in the playoff. It would be impossible <laughs> for them to say that, uh, with a straight face. And as a, yes. as a guy who primarily covers OU, um, I don't, you know, uh, as much as I love chaos, I also don't know if I want to uh, have to deal with a world where OU um, doesn't get in, even though they have the same record, and beat Oklahoma State and Texas, and has to watch them play in the Big Twelve title game. Uh, that's the, fair. The, my my Twitter mentions might be a disaster if if such a thing happens. That's fair. All right, let's let's get through these picks here because yeah. I want to get to Thanksgiving. Um, you've got Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. Uh, the lines moved a tiny bit here, so now Oklahoma State is an eleven-point favorite. Okay, what do you got? I, I like I like Oklahoma State to cover. Um, I, I still I think they're a much better team than what we saw last week, and I, yeah. I, I don't I don't think Texas Tech is going to be able to hang with them. I uh, I just don't. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting kind of get-right game for Oklahoma State. Senior night in Stillwater, really no room for error here the rest of the way for them. Uh, I, I think they'll. I think they'll bounce back too. I think I'll, I'll take Oklahoma State um, and, and minus 11. Okay, so next is uh, – what, what do we got next? Kansas State Kansas State Baylor. at Baylor. Baylor is a five-and-a-half-point favorite over K-State. Which is interesting. I know that made you raise your eyebrow a little bit. Um, Just a little Having bit. said that, you know, do we think K-State is kind of done in 2020? They I mean, they've dealt with a, a lot of tr- – they lost three in a row. They've dealt with a lot of transfers. They have eight scholarship guys in the portal right now. Um, feels like they're kind of having a little bit of a moment right now where they're needing to kind of get get guys accountable, get the culture right. I mean, they started so well under Kleiman, um, you know, dating back to the beginning of last season. So it kind of makes sense there would be bumps in the road that would appear at some point here. It seems like that's kind of, kind of going on right now for K-State. So I actually am going to take Baylor – Minus five and a half. I wasn't sure if there was a win left on Baylor's schedule, but I, I kind of think K-State's just working through some shit right now. I'm kind of leaning the same way. Even though the line surprised me, the more I thought yeah. about it, I, I think I'm going to go with Baylor too. I just, K-State is... And it's hard to know which Baylor team shows up from week to week, right? right? I, I mean... This is one I don't think... They've looked competitive at times. I don't think I'd be surprised either way. Yeah. But but I'll, 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 go, with, uh, I'll go with Baylor as well. Um, Probably tight game. Uh, TCU at Kansas uh, is that is that still a twenty four point line twenty four and a half point now twenty four and a half I mean I'm I'm done picking the Jayhawks uh, even against the spread <laughs> they've they've burned me too many times this year so uh, I I'll go with even though TCU is a flawed team with a lot of problems I'll go ECU with TCU. really needs this one yeah this this is coming at a good time for the Horned Frogs I I think they cover. Um... But if you if you lose to Kansas, and I should say lose to Kansas again because it's happened in the last few years, um, and you lose in Lawrence, that's a uh, that is a very tough one to swallow the rest of the way. Yeah. So um, all oh, right. they'll get it done. Yeah. Sorry, Kansas. <laughs> Sorry, Kansas. Um, all right, Max. Let's get to the thing that you the only thing you really wanted. The, to the talk only about the only reason we're doing this. Yes. I, I'm okay. gonna. You're taking the lead here. I'm taking the lead here. All right. So there was. Maybe people saw it on Twitter yesterday, but there was a uh, post by, let's see what the name is, by Fantasy Football Today. And it was one of those kind of like, oh, build your perfect lineup things, okay? 
but this is build your Thanksgiving fantasy lineup with $20. Okay. So I'm going to read off, obviously for a listener, you can't see the visual. I wish I could help you on that. Maybe we can link this in the show notes or something. Um, but I'll read off round by round here. You go main course, potato dish, side dish one, side dish two, dessert, and there's some extras at the end. Um, Jason, I asked you to build your $20 lineup. I built mine. I've done it. Um, so let's go through yours here. Okay. Um, and I'll tell you my picks. First round, main course. You can spend $5 on whole turkey, $4 on ham, $3 on white meat turkey, $2 on dark meat turkey, or $1 on... Uh, God forbid on Tofurky. I'm gonna go with Tofurky. No, I'm not. Uh, oh my god, I'm not gonna go with Tofurky. Um, no offense. No offense no, to our vegan listeners. Vegan not vegetarian. That it's like the sign. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But there kind of is. I I, yeah. I have friends that are vegetarian and vegans, uh, but I am not one. So there are fine uh, people in some ways. I'm going. I, I have you ever tried to be a vegetarian? By the way, I tried briefly. It's very hard. I could stand to try it. I probably could it's very for my hard. well-being. Um, um, having said all of that, white meat, $3. Go yeah, white it. meat, $3 for me as well. Okay, potato dish, $5, mashed potatoes, $4, sweet potatoes, $3, potatoes au gratin, $2, roasted potatoes, which I usually like in any other setting, Not uh, one. and $1 on a baked potato. Again, I like baked potatoes and roasted potatoes, but not on Thanksgiving. Not today. I actually had a little trouble. I'm going with mashed for five, but yeah. but I like sweet potatoes a lot too. It's true. I'm a it's fan. true. I'm going to go mash mash for five as well. Um, side dish one. You can spend five dollars on stuffing, four dollars on what appears to be corn on the cob. How did people do that? Uh, Three dollars on green bean casserole, which I holding near and dear in my heart two dollars on collard greens and one dollar on beets um at the risk of of alienating my very good friend and the chair of the green bean casserole committee uh eddie radosevich friend of the pod um i have to go with stuffing because stuffing is my favorite thing on thanksgiving so i do too i three dollars for green bean casserole is an incredible value uh if i if i were cheating on the rules here I, I would maybe even pick that for my next round pick, but I'm taking stuffing as well. Um, stuffing is right, right near the top of the list for me in terms of the Thanksgiving foods. It's the best. It's my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. If I could right, eat, if so I could eat a plate of stuffing, I would be, I'd be happy. I'd be fine. If I could just be draped in stuffing yeah. all year long. Yeah, it's true. Why, why do we confine stuffing to just a holiday thing why, why don't we make that more often as a side dish good question you know, maybe I'll, maybe i'll start doing that i mean the stovetop stuff is at the grocery store all the time we, we should we should embrace it um okay side dish two five dollars on mac and cheese four dollars on brussels sprouts which i love any other time of the year not so much for this holiday uh three dollars for squash two dollars for cranberries and $1 for cream corn. So this is an interesting one for me because mac and cheese is one of my favorite foods, period. Like, mm-hmm. so, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I will eat mac and cheese out of the box. I'll make it. You know, I love no, getting Nobody's it disrespecting mac and cheese by not picking it here. But that was never part of my Thanksgiving as a kid and as I've lived my life. It's never been part of Thanksgiving for me. So it feels it feels like it doesn't belong. Um uh-huh. 
I like a lot of the other things on here, but to me, this is the value deal of the whole thing. Cream corn for one dollar is a mm. is a effing great deal. Like okay. a great deal. So yes. I'm going with cream corn. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, at, at my family's Thanksgiving this year, I, I'm in charge of the cream corn and the cranberries, um, and 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 so we got we're in the lab figuring out how to do that right. Um, I love cranberries. This is one of my great weaknesses of Thanksgiving. I like making cranberries. It's uh, I I you know I don't I don't do it out of the can. I don't do the sliced cranberry out of the cran, uh, out of the can. You you do the whole the whole cranberry, but. Um, yeah, I'm going cranberries for two dollars. It's just something I've always I've always liked. It's a, it's a big deal for me on on Thanksgiving. Uh, you put it on the mashed mashed potatoes, but you can also just have it as a side period. Yeah, I mean you can do a lot with with cranberries on on Thanksgiving. So I I support that pick fully. Uh, Thank you fully. All right, dessert. That's an interesting category. Five dollars for pumpkin pie. Four dollars for apple pie. Three dollars for sweet potato pie. $2 for a pecan pie or pecan pie or whatever you care to call it. And $1 for carrot cake. I like all of those things. Um, and, mm-hmm. and this is where the budgeting. I haven't had much sweet potato pie in my experience personally. I like sweet potato pie and, and I like all of them, but this is where budgeting sort of comes in. You have to, okay. you have to, I mean, I, I've, I've spent five on a couple of categories here. You have. Um, and I want, we're going to get into the, uh, extras here in a moment, which costs more money. So, um, I love all of them. Uh, I say pecan, I, I, but I don't know if that's an Oklahoma thing or if that's just the way my parents and grandparents always said it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with pecan pie for $2, but I love literally all of those options. Um, so that this, it's not because I don't like the others. It's because I'm budgeting and I like pecan pie. Yeah. You could just spend $15 on the desserts and then build like a tiny lineup around it. If you wanted, you could just do desserts and rolls as like your, as your whole meal here. And that would be, that would be acceptable. Um, I, by the way, I, I never really know what to say on pecan or pecan. It's kind of like with soda and pop and stuff like that. I just, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. You just say what I'm you've go, always said. I mean, who cares? yeah, I'm going to go apple pie. Um, little pricey at four bucks. It limits my options at the end here, um, but I'm going to go. The, I'm going to spend the four dollars on the apple pie. Not that I'm, you know, disrespecting pumpkin pie, but um, apple would be probably generally the preference for me. I like a, a sliver of each. All right, last thing here. How much money you got left? Four dollars. Four dollars. Okay, that's good. The extras. You can get. You can throw gravy into this meal for three dollars. You can add biscuits for $2 or for a dollar, you can add either Hawaiian rolls or cornbread. Yeah, I'm adding gravy. I, I don't agree with that being an extra cost. I feel like- I, feel I like, should come with my mash if I'm spending five on mash. Yeah, I right? feel like it's a little bit unfair. Uh, honestly, yeah. even in the picture, there's gravy on those mashed potatoes that I paid $5 for. So- um, oh no no no! That's just a lot of butter. Is it, it looks great though? Yeah, it's is butter. that not great? Okay, well, well, then, uh, then I stand corrected. I wasn't misled okay. then. But I'm gonna add gravy. I'm gonna add a Hawaiian roll, and that's gonna round out my twenty dollars. Yeah, I'm, I I only have a dollar left, so I'm gonna go Hawaiian rolls. So you're gonna uh, you're not gonna get gravy? I guess you can. Well, like I said, I love. I wish I could. Um, I wish there's probably some way to like cut cost a little bit 
and swing that. I certainly love green bean casserole and make that every year. And so, but it's just hard to dump stuffing, you know? You can't. So, plus I'm, I'm a weirdo who likes to put cranberries on his mashed potatoes. So, um, in addition to having it on the side. <laughs> so, There's nothing we can weird. get by without gravy in that sense. You got to have the gravy for the turkey though, right? If you've got no gravy for the turkey, that's just some, some dry, dry bird. Yeah, you know? it gets a little dry. It does. So, I, I think you got to have gravy. Um, but the bottom line is Thanksgiving is awesome because everybody can get whatever they want and there's no judgment, at least from me, uh, on Correct. what your choices are. Just stuff your, stuff your face and enjoy yourself. So I, yes. Uh, so hope, hope folks seek that out, pick, pick out your own lineup. Um, we'd love to see them if you, if you choose it. Um, I, it's, uh, it's a fun game and, uh, you know, it's crazy, buddy. Like it's crazy. We're at this time of the year, isn't it? It just, I just feel like ever since the season started in September, like, you know, I feel like all this is just sneaking up on us. Totally. Totally. And it felt like things were moving so slowly before we got football back. Yeah. Like now things are moving like too fast this season. I feel like, yeah. March through August to me was a slog, like just, just a slog. And now I can't believe we're already at a point where Oklahoma has played eight games. I've covered eight football games. That's crazy to me. Wow. Um, and I have not been in one press box this year. Well, what a, what a sad, strange year. <laughs> we got that vaccine coming, man. We got that vaccine coming. Um, Ooh, you, you got the, you got the hookup. What are you saying? I mean, we've got the vaccine coming. Do you watch the news? <laughs> I do. I do. Um, no, it's true. It's true. Hopefully, uh, you know, and hopefully everybody, everybody's safe this weekend. Um, with their holiday and uh, you know, let's uh, let's keep rolling. You know, you know, I, I, should we check real quick and see if any games have been canceled while we were taping this podcast since we kind of, we kind of goofed that last week. Oh no. Well, yeah, man, we went ahead and picked the Texas Kansas game and everything uh, and then, and then found out it was canceled. I don't think anything like that I is think happening. We're, I think we're in the clear at the moment. Yeah. But by the time you guys are listening to this, one of these games might've been canceled. And my six-way tie dream may have been blown. And you out. know what? If one of the games was canceled, then we knew that was coming. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I just hope that I don't get to Morgantown, West Virginia, on Saturday, and they cancel the game. I, I hope we don't have a Clemson, Florida State situation on our hands uh, this week. Knock on See, wood. This is this is this is the weird time we're living in here. Like, I checked my phone real quick, and now Nick Saban has COVID, and Diego Maradona passed away, and all. Like, it's just like every day you you scroll through Twitter and see all this crazy stuff at every popping up every hour now, you know? Yeah. My goodness. <sighs> Max, what a year we're going to, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it, Jason. We're going to get through it. We're going to have a great weekend of big 12 football and uh, Thanksgiving food and then leftovers. Although I'm not going to get the leftovers at least over the weekend. Cause I'm leaving town Friday. Oh, I, by the way, leftover sandwich. We have to mention that real quick too. I mean, I, I know it wasn't on the draft board, but I mean, that's worth $10 at least. What is it in Friends that Ross calls Monica's sandwich? The moist maker. The moist maker. Yeah, the, yeah. the moist maker. <laughs> it's an, that's a great Ross moment when he like has the, the psychotic. You, you, you threw my sandwich away. My sandwich. My sandwich. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, uh, Max, uh, thank you uh, for, join, for joining me as always. And, uh, you know. 
Thanks for uh, for being a great uh, podcast partner. I'm very thankful for you. How cheesy is that? I'm gonna oh, be. Wow. I'm gonna be cheesy. I'm gonna be wow. cheesy. I'm thankful for you and uh, and safe travels to uh, safe travels to P- Pittsburgh and Morgantown, my friend. Well, thank you, and I uh, uh, hope you enjoy your weekend. And th- and we hope all of you enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, and and thank you so much for listening and and uh, to, yeah, our, to our new show here. Uh, throughout this crazy season, uh, trying to launch a podcast in the middle of this season is is uh, is a little tough. But we really appreciate all of you who have listened and and uh, and have supported us and have subscribed to the Athletic. So uh, please subscribe uh, to our show, One True Pod. And, and if you haven't subscribed, the Black Friday deal. Be on the lookout for that on Friday as well. Yes, absolutely. Be, be on the lookout for that. Um, and please subscribe to our show, One True Pod, on Apple or Spotify. Leave us a review and a good rating and find all of our stories on The Athletic. If you're not yet a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash onetruepod. You don't just get the best college football coverage, you get all of our sports coverage. So be sure to take advantage and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.